0: My name's Dalton Trigg, and you're listening to the first episode of the Step Back, A Mavs Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Matt Galatson, and through the rest of this season and into the future, we'll be bringing you coverage of the Dallas Mavericks from every angle. Uh, Matt, how you feeling?
1: Pretty good, man. I'm just uh, watching this, uh, you know, Toronto San Antonio game. Kawhi getting booed every time he touches the ball. It's uh, it's pretty funny.
0: And yeah, the Mavs are only 2.5 games back of that eight seed, so yeah. any any other Western Conference team playing an Eastern Conference team, you're you're rooting hard for the East there, because any loss like that, you know, really helps the Mavs going forward. They got that big win over Charlotte the other night. You got to win those games, so it's good to see Western Conference opponents lose to Eastern Conference opponents.
1: Yeah, man, and, and plus, uh, it's really easy to hate San Antonio, so, you know.
0: <laughs> Well, for for those of you that don't know, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Dalton underscore Trig. You can find Matt at, Matt, you can go ahead and tell them that, because I don't know how to spell your last uh, name still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's totally understandable. At Matt Galatson, uh, M-A-T-T-G-A-L-A-T-Z-A-N. I should probably come up with something a little simpler for following purposes, but that's what I got right now, so we'll just kind of roll with it.
0: <laughs> yep, it'll work. And for those of you who want to actually follow the podcast itself, we have a new Twitter page set up there. Uh, that's at Step Back Mavs. Again, that's at Step Back Mavs. You can follow the podcast there. We'll be posting links and uh, game coverage, all kinds of stuff there. So, Alright, well, we're finally here. It's been it's been a couple of weeks we've been planning on this in detail, and we finally got it up and going, and uh, I think we need to give a shout-out to Tyler Upchurch for our nice new logo. If you haven't seen that yet, you can check it out on our Twitter page. Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. T- Tyler does incredible work. He, he does graphics for DallasBasketball.com all the time. He did all the work for our uh, podcast stuff, and... We can't thank him enough. He does a tremendous job.
0: He's just, uh, not only is he a diehard MFFL, but I mean, he's just, he's one of the best graphic designers I know personally, and hopefully we'll, we'll see him get in on the, uh, supposed redesigning of the Mavs, you know, once dirt retires, I hope he has some kind of say in that stuff. Cause man, he's talented.
1: Yeah, he really is. And I don't know of anybody else who could come up with, uh, something better than he could, because I've seen some cool stuff that he's done, and I, I'm impressed with what he does.
0: But yeah, and, uh, if you look at the logo and the name of the podcast, you know, obviously, you know, Luka Doncic has inspired this name, and he inspired the uh, the silhouette for our, our logo there, so there there's no question about that, but uh, going off of that, let's just jump right into it, Matt. Mavs blow out the Hornets last night on the road. They start off 2019 one and How are you feeling right now?
1: They looked like a totally different team. It was pretty crazy, wasn't it? I mean, uh, Ricky Pacheco put a new, uh, a new sort of rotation that was. I mean, uh, it was staggered. Um, you had starters playing with bench players instead of the you know the, the five in five out thing that um, Zach Levine was complaining about in Chicago uh and it, it was it was pretty fun to watch i mean it, you you kind of saw what they were capable of when they were hitting everything on full cylinders making their free throws taking care of the ball um dennis had an incredible night which i'm sure you're going to talk a lot about here in a minute oh yeah um Luke, was very very good um i mean it was just a, it was probably it might have been their best all-around performance of the year outside of maybe the utah game which was a pretty similar result uh so, I mean, it's it's a good way to start the year. Hopefully they'll be able to, you know, keep it going through one of the most difficult back-to-backs you could possibly imagine um, on the East Coast in uh, Boston and Philly, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Um, that won't, I don't know. What about you, man?
0: Uh, I, well, like you said, I'm just I'm glad Rick Carlisle decided to, to shake it up a little bit because, I mean, it, it just kills – it feels like it kills the momentum of the game when he makes full five-on-five five subs, you know?
1: I mean... Yeah, you've been I've, super passionate about this all year long.
0: I know. I've, I've been wanting to see it. You know, he he shook it up a little bit. You saw Dennis and Harrison Barnes in there with the, you know, three other bench guys, and uh, you saw JJ in there with the starters at one point. I mean, it just switching it up like that, I think I think made a big difference the other night. It kept the flow going, and it was really one of the most wire-to-wire wins we've seen for the Mavs this season you know outside of that Utah game which was also a beat down but to do it on the road I mean that, that's pretty impressive
1: yeah I thought that was probably the most impressive part considering everything that they've been through on the road this year I mean especially I mean you remember that last <coughs> trip, how brutal that was losing uh I think it was four in a row or whatever by single digits and that oh, was and horrible like horrible. three of those four by four points or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. And it, it kind of got to the point where I was starting to think, God, man, you know, maybe they're going to not win another game on the road this year. I mean, I know that's ridiculous to say, but like the luck they were having was just, which is stupid bad. And then they come out here, you know, after a frankly terrible performance against Oklahoma city. And, um, completely dominated a, a playoff team.
0: Well, and I know everybody was discouraged by that uh, that recent 0-4 road trip, uh, but, you know, if you go back and you watch those games and you look at how many free throws they missed on average and what the the average uh, margin of loss was there, you know, that they were right there in every one of those games. They could have won every single one of those games. Uh, had they just hit a couple free throws or done this better, done that better, so you kind of got the feeling that they were gonna eventually figure it out. Now I didn't expect them expect them to go into Charlotte and win by forty, but you know you could, just, yeah. <laughs> but still you you could just kind of tell like okay maybe they finally figured it out. Maybe that's all they needed was a few you know rotation tweaks. Uh, we'll find out soon enough when they go to Boston tomorrow so
1: yeah well the other thing about I mean I, if they were going to steal a game on the road during this trip which I mean a trip with Oklahoma City Charlotte um, Boston and Philly is ridiculous in itself but if there's one team you're going to steal it from it had to be Charlotte because they uh, say they're inconsistent is, uh, is being generous I mean if 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 Kemba's having an off night, they are an absolute dumpster fire. So, um, you know, it was it was nice to see them come out and win a game that I thought, frankly, they were supposed to win. Um, and the fact that Kyrie is out on Friday for Boston is huge. Um, it gives them a chance to go in there and steal that one before they have to turn around and play a really, really good Philly team the next night.
0: Although, although I do agree with you there with the, you know, with it being huge that Kyrie is out, this is the one. I guess one... they are protected. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the one team that I look at that roster, and you know when I see that Kyrie's out, I'm just like, uh, does it does it really matter? Because <laughs> I mean they're just you have Gordon Hayward coming off the bench the other night, and I think he I don't know what he put up. I think it was thirty four points, thirty five points, yeah. or something.
1: How ridiculous is that? By the way, that they are, uh, that. Deep of a team that Gordon Hayward, who they just signed a multi-million dollar contract a year ago, you've got is a, coming off the bench.
0: You've got a thirty million dollar a year player coming off the bench in Boston, and the uh, Mavs just and the Mavs refuse to bring West Matthews off the bench so Maxi Kleba can start because he's making eighteen million a year.
1: I there's got to be more to it than that. I mean, there's got well, to be something else. Being right.
0: Yeah, I mean there there's a lot more to it than that, but I think there that has a lot to do with it. You know, they can't really justify bringing a guy that makes that much money off the bench, even though he isn't a contract year. But anyway, that we can discuss that at another time. Let's get into this uh, this back to back going into the weekend because with the win over Charlotte, the Mavs are 18 and 19 now. They're 2.5 games back of the eight seed uh, currently, so. They'll go into Boston tomorrow night, and then they'll go to the into Philly on Saturday night. Uh, what do you see happening in these two games?
1: Ooh, uh, Boston and Philly both scare the hell out of me, um, especially being on the road. Um, I'll start with Boston. I think uh, I, I mean the Mavs beat them earlier in the year. Um, I don't remember if they were. I don't think Kyrie played in that game either. Did he? He might have. I can't. No, no. This
0: will be this will be Kyrie's second straight, uh, second straight so, game that he's sitting out.
1: Yeah. So that so they've proven they can beat the Celtics without Kyrie then, and that's good. Yeah. Um, if they play the way they did in Charlotte, which will be super hard to replicate, I think they I think they've got a shot. Um, Boston's a crazy place um, to play, obviously. Um, Jason Tatum can light it up, um, I don't know if the Mavs have, if, if Boston's playing at their full capabilities, I don't know if the Mavs have the, the pieces to, to defend all of those guys, um, but they've been inconsistent this year, so who knows what will happen there, um, and as far as Philly goes, man, I, I would bet my paycheck this week that that's a loss, honestly. Uh, Embiid is an absolute monster Um, Ben Simmons hasn't been um, A world beater this year Even though his stats are better So go figure Um, And I mean they have some problems But man Embiid on I'll I'll say this How about this We've lamented uh, DeAndre Jordan all year long For his uh, Effort on the defensive end Sometimes Would you agree? Oh yeah yeah, so
0: if he would just yeah. put his hands up. It would be a world of difference, like right. Even if you're not going to jump, just at least put your hands up, and it'll make us feel better.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. So if if he doesn't show up and play the way he did, maybe against Denver, remember how influential he was in that game. Oh yeah. If he if he can if he can bring the Denver performance, uh, I'll feel good. But if he brings his usual road performance, it's gonna not go so well for him because Embiid is probably the closest thing to Shaq I've ever seen in terms of his ability to dominate a game at the center position. I mean, obviously they're totally different players, but I mean, you know what I mean. He's yeah. just Goliath. And um,
0: well, it's really it's so. re- it's really going to be a tough back to back for DeAndre because you've got Al Horford tomorrow night. He can stretch the floor. Uh, so you know it's gonna it's gonna take him out of the pain a lot. And then Embiid, I mean he he can stretch the floor. I'm not, I, f- I feel like he's not shooting that great from the three point line this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna check up on that. But you know he can still stretch the floor a little bit. He can hit those elbow jumpers. Uh, it, it's gonna be a tough back to back matchups for DeAndre.
1: Well, here think about this: is what they had to do against Anthony Davis. Um starting Kaliba. Maybe they maybe they go that route again against this these teams where they have the stretch big and they and they kinda just, you know, leave DeAndre uh, in and around the paint and you know, defending against drives and when they try and stretch out the big guy that, you know, Kaliba's the one that follows them out instead of DeAndre. I mean right. that's gotta be something they've gotta at least be thinking about. I, I mean at least I would.
0: Another thing I'm looking at, Celtics game, the first time they played, Mavs won at home. That was the first game Doncic started at point guard, and he had that insane up-and-under three from, like, 35 feet out, it felt like, yeah. on Kyrie Irving. Well, Kyrie's out this time, but Dennis is back. Uh, you know, Kyrie and Dennis had a little bit of jawing going on last year in those matchups, so uh, I'm interested to see how both teams play uh, – with the tables turned a little bit, you know, the Mavs have Dennis back. Boston has Kyrie out. Let's see how it goes. I mean, in Charlotte, that was the first game this season that the Mavs were 100% healthy and it went pretty well. And they, they, they they switched up the rotations a little bit, got a big win. Let's see if they can keep it going.
1: I'd say that um, anytime you're doing a back-to-back on the road, you have to I mean obviously you want to win both games. It's but tough
0: it's tough yeah
1: you gotta you gotta I think if it's if it's me and it's an 82 game season, I'm going all in on the first game and I'm trying especially with Kyrie out I'm trying to win that game like it's my last game and then whatever happens in Philly happens if you carry momentum over great but I think Boston is the one you've gotta really really try to get here.
0: No, and I mean, I don't want I don't want you to think I'm being delusional here. I I know what the what the Mavs road record is this year, and I know that uh, they haven't won a game on the second night of a back to back all season. But I I could see them winning both of these games. I mean, I, and the reason I say that, even if they do go all out in this Celtics game, and then the next night in Philly, you know, the, the Charlotte game, they, they played so well that all the backups, even the, the guys that don't get to play that much, they got a lot of time out there and they played almost as well as the starters did. So uh, I think if it comes to the end of the bench guys getting extended minutes on the second night of a back-to-back this time, I, I really think they have a chance to win both of these games.
1: Yeah, that, that's the one good thing about this team that um... – they have kind of an advantage over a lot of other teams is, you know, Jalen Brunson is really good and he's sitting there at the end of the bench. It's basically a break glass in case of emergency type guy right now, since Dennis is back. And then, you know, they've got, they've got a couple other guys down there measuring and whatever, who they can play in key minutes to get some guys some rest if they need to. And that's big. I also think it's big that, I mean, Dennis only played 22 minutes against Charlotte. You know, um, Luca played less than 30 minutes. So, I mean, that (laughs) will help their energy levels going forward too. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, I just – I think the more winnable the two is – even though Boston, I think, is the better team, I think the more winnable the two is going to be Boston. Um, I would
0: agree with that, especially since, like I said, they – I mean, they haven't won – one game on the second night of a back-to-back, so yeah, I, I can. It's tough <laughs> to do
1: anyway, it. but when you're bad on the road and you haven't done it all, you, you haven't done the second night of a back-to-back all year long. I, would, I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well,
1: even though they almost did it on their last road trip, they were so damn close. <laughs>
0: they were very close. Wasn't meant to be. That I don't know. They'll eventually get one. Uh, I really think it'll be this weekend if not you know it won't be the first time i was wrong (laughs) (laughs) fair all right let's jump into some mavs trade talk because you know the the closer we get to the trade deadline the more you know rumors that are going to come out Uh, there's already some out there uh what do you feel about this uh mavs trade talk the most recent one that i can think of that might have you know, some actual legitimacy behind it is the auto Porter one. What do you think about that?
1: Um, okay. So my whole thing with the Mavs and the trade talk is when the Mavs drafted Luca, Rick Carlisle said, I'm paraphrasing here. I think it was a few months ago, but he basically said the rebuild is done, right? Correct. So that means they're going to go for the playoffs, no matter what the cost.
0: They're going to be buyers.
1: So they're going to be buyers, and I think they've got pieces to make a move, especially with John Wall having "quote unquote" foot ankle surgery, whatever whatever the hell it was. And um, you know, Washington's going to be a major seller. So I could see them doing the Otto-Porter thing. Obviously, it's not you or I's uh, preference from that team, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, Um, the
0: thing thing with Porter... Otto's a
1: good fit, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing with Porter, I've seen a lot of people reacting uh, to that rumor that the Mavs are interested in trading for Porter. But... uh, the people I'm talking about, they're saying they're almost freaking out because of his contract. But from my point of view, he is a perfect fit. And I don't think he's being utilized correctly in Washington. I think you take him out of Washington, you put him on the Mavs with Rick Carlisle. I think he's a much better fit. And I think he ends up having, you know, much better overall statistics there, too. He's an incredible three point shooter. So, I mean,. Even if all he does is just spot up and shoot threes, that's really what you want from Otto Porter Jr. That's what he's best at.
1: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I know I know he's not the same player, um, but when they traded for Doug McDermott last year, that was another guy who had been used completely the wrong way. And if you can say anything about Rick Carlisle, it's that he gets the most out of the players that he plays with. He uses them the right way. Now, he hasn't always had the most to work with, but when he had the right collection of guys to work with, he took them to a championship because he knows how to use them. So if, if he if he got his hands on Otto Porter, I think it would be great. Now, who do they move for him? Uh, my preference would be uh, Wes, and I guess you'd have to have Dwight Powell in there yep. or a couple other pieces to, to match the salaries up. And if you want to throw him a second-round pick or two, sure, that'd be great.
0: Well, and I mean, theoretically, you could you could do an even swap too. You could you could go Otto Porter straight for uh, Harrison Barnes, but I think that'd be more of a lateral move because uh, I mean, Barnes he's shooting lights out from three point range this year. He's
1: he's yeah. Been, I don't want to do that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's been incredible. <laughs> so, I,
0: mean, I mean, he, mean, he's got tunnel vision sometimes when he when he goes to the rim. He don't get me wrong. He he's a great player. Uh, you know, he's been a great player for the Mavs. He's sh- shooting the three well. He's playing good defense. But uh, Harrison Barnes just doesn't really know how to pass. But that's okay. See, that's what I'm saying, though. Otto Porter, he doesn't pass the ball either. So
1: Yeah, well, so, but I, I think it would be okay if, I mean, let's let's face it, Wesley Matthews doesn't exactly pass either. No. But, so, if you had a, a starting five of uh, Dennis, Luca, Otto, uh, Harrison and DeAndre, I mean, that's that's three guys in the meat of that lineup that can go that, you know, are basically interchangeable with whatever you want to do on offense. You know what I mean? It, it's three big bodies and Otto and, and Harrison can defend multiple positions. I mean, obviously Luke is not a great defender, but like you see where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of that's the kind of team size wise and length wise that can match up with teams like Golden State. I mean, if you have to switch Harrison Barnes and Otto on, uh, say you're playing Golden State, like Golden State gets the one seed and Mavs get the eight seed. We're, we're looking way far ahead here, but go with me here. If, if that's the playoff right. series you get, then, um, I mean, that's that's two guys that you could throw at Kevin Durant. And then the other guy's following Clay Thompson around. And, I mean that's that's huge because I, I don't think Wes can can be counted on for that anymore.
0: No, that Wes, I I don't want to go too far off subject here, but they I don't understand on some nights why they have Wes Matthews on the other team's best player because because it's, it's his rep. I mean it's his rep, but I mean. It's almost like they're punishing West for something because he, he'll make a good defensive play every now and then. Still, he's still you know he'll still have these bursts uh, every once in a blue moon. But for the most part, it's just like man, they're just they're just like killing him down there. But yeah, anyway, like...
1: but for every one of those, every one of the, I'm, I I won't try to go too far deep into this either. But like for every one of those one or two defensive plays that he makes, he has ten bad other ones.
0: Right. I mean he they just have him doing way too much and he's another he's another guy he's shooting if he finishes the year shooting the three the way he has now i'm pretty sure that's gonna end up let me see
1: here he's shooting 38.5 percent this year
0: that's gonna be pretty close to his career high i believe
1: that his career high is uh 39.3 or no 39.8
0: yes i mean he he's right there he's He's back to where he was, you know, when he was in Portland before he tore his Achilles. So that's what he's best at. He's a catch and shoot three point shooter. He used to be a three and D guy. He could still be a three and D guy. I just don't think he needs to be a starting three three and D guy. You know, he no, can...
1: but but like there's there's teams out there who could use him. I think a lot more than the Mavs could. And I you know, I think he's he's done he's done well here and um and whatever, but I, I with you know, with the kind of ammo that an expiring contract brings to the trade market with teams trying to offload, you know, players and rebuild and whatnot, you gotta pull the trigger on that man. You just have to.
0: And that that's a hard thing too, trying to trying to gauge or trying to determine what, what Wes Matthews actual trade value is because he's an expiring contract and he's a big expiring contract so you know if you're going to if you're going to trade him you're going to have to have some kind of big amount of salary coming back so ideally you'd like it to be a star but i mean who's going to who's going to trade a star with west matthews being the centerpiece of a trade i mean
1: well he doesn't necessarily have to be the centerpiece I mean, he could be the salary match. I mean, your centerpiece, if you really want to go out and get somebody big, the centerpiece could be a draft pick or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't have to be Wes as the centerpiece. It could be Wes and Dwight, which is a pretty good combo of of players who will be off the books quickly but can also help your team. And then you throw future picks in there to get the guy to put you into the playoff race now.
0: Yeah, and I mean... We'll we'll branch off of that and talk about another uh, Washington Wizards player. Now this isn't this isn't anything that's been rumored with the Mavs. This has just been me and you, you know, dreaming about this for a long, long time now. But Bradley Beal, you know he he's their most attractive asset out there. He's who we would ideally. Oh, by far. He's who he's who we would ideally want to end up on the maps if they could somehow pull off that miracle. Now, uh, you know, if the most attractive asset they could send back would probably be Dennis Smith Jr. You know I'm, I'm at a, you know, I, I'm just kind of at a pass there now. I, I don't want, if it came down to that, I still don't think the Wizards do it, but if it came down to that, I'm not trading Dennis because he, he's four years younger He's he's proven this season that he's a legitimate three point shooter. Now
1: he's probably, yeah, dude. He's he's been great at the three this year. I mean, he's made huge steps, and it's just going to get better,
0: especially on his catch and shoot threes. He's oh
1: yeah, he's
0: unconscious when he when he catches and shoots it from deep. But uh, more surprisingly, he's become probably the Mavs' best perimeter defender. You know what he's what he's <laughs> lost in offensive production this year from his overall stats he's made up on the defensive end you know he, he's transferred that energy over there and it's really shown so i mean even if it came to if the washington Wizards said we will trade you bradley bill but we want dennis i'm really not sure i do that right now
1: um two weeks three weeks ago i would have Crucified you for saying that because I mean, Dennis was inconsistent and I was getting frustrated with it. But the more he's been in the lineup with Luca and the more they find their chemistry, man, I'm not so sure I disagree with you anymore. the, The steps that he's taken defensively, like you just mentioned, from being pretty much a liability let's be honest, he was kind of a liability on the defensive end last year.
0: It's night and day difference last it's year.
1: It's incredible. This year. It's absolutely incredible. Like, he's won two two games because of his defense on the perimeter at the end against two really damn good players. And he's
0: got a, I mean, he's not he's not a long athlete. He's He's got incredible athleticism, otherworldly athleticism, but he's got an average wingspan. He's got uh, he's got smaller hands. So, I mean, he, he's not he's not the prototype uh, player you'd think of being a defensive stopper. But, you know, the no. that otherworldly athleticism I mentioned, he's been able to channel that and, you know, turn himself into a good defensive player. Yeah, and
1: he did that against guys, despite having the size disadvantage, that, you know, that athleticism. He did it against guys, Paul George, who's 6'9", and Tobias Harris, who's like six seven or six eight, I think. And
0: it was you know, over ball game. It,
1: <laughs> I mean, dude. I mean, it was incredible. I I I gained so much respect for Dennis over the last, you know, couple weeks watching him play. Than I ever could have imagined. Just because I mean, I always respected him, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. the defensive improvements he's made. He's made. I mean, he should be up for most improved player. And he won't. He shouldn't win it, but he should be up for league's most improved player just based on what he's doing on defense.
0: I I don't think I. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I don't. I don't know how much consideration he would actually get for that, but I do agree. You know, if they dug into it far enough, I think that uh, he should definitely be considered there. But I mean, like you know, last year everybody was talking about his. Uh, athleticism and he was dunking the ball or attempting to dunk the ball. You know, even if he missed, everybody was, ooh, ah, like, look look at what Dennis almost did. Well, you know, this year, I I mean, I'm more impressed with how he's doing it on defense now. That, to me, that's more exciting than than watching him do a tomahawk dunk off of a fast break. I mean.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's inv- what he does right now is invaluable.
0: It really he's is. He's doing
1: what. Re- He's doing what they what they're paying West to do,
0: and I mean I some of the some of the flack he's been getting the last few weeks, I think a lot of that comes from him trying to play through that uh wrist sprain that he had because yeah. that stretch of games where he, you know he was he'd miss a game and then he'd come back and then he'd fall on his wrist again and you know re-aggravate that, and he just had a bad stretch of games there, and I think that's when everybody started to uh really pour it on.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the big criticisms of Dennis also is um, that he doesn't really always necessarily know where he's going with the ball. Or sometimes he seems a little bit out of control and he's just like frantically trying to make a play and like can't do it.
0: Right. Driving without a purpose.
1: Yeah. And I think in the last couple games, he's kind of reeled that in and he's kind of, you know, since he's, since he's come back from his injury, it kind of gave him a chance to kind of sit back a little bit and reflect and be like, all right, you know, I've got other playmakers out there. I've got Luca, I've got, you know, Harrison who can make his own shot. You know, these guys can get open and I don't have to do everything. Cause last year he had to do everything for the offense pretty much, you, you know, and, and now that he's got Luca in his corner, he, you know, they they can play really well off of each other and i think he's starting to figure that out
0: Yeah, and, I've, uh, I've never i have never been more optimistic about luca and dennis playing well together and being you know a good fit together than i have this you know than i have in these past few games and it started with their game in new orleans that i got to witness in person and let me tell you even though they didn't win that game, you know when when Dennis was with Luca on the three point line and he he faked out. I forgot who it was on, but he faked out somebody. Cut to the rim, Luca hit him with that pass, and he just completely ended Julius Randall. I got. I think
1: he. I think he was on. Uh, I think. I think it was Holiday that it was guarding him.
0: Okay. Well, it. Whoever it was, he completely you know separated himself from him, and then he ended. Uh, Randall, but I mean you. From the sound of the Pelicans fans in that building, you would have thought the game ended right there. I mean, I thought it ended. That's why I was so upset at the final final score. I, I was like, man, I thought it ended a while ago. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, ever since that game when he came back, they've just been playing so well together, in my opinion. And he's not he's not forcing it as much. He still has some bad turnovers every now and then. But I think they're figuring it out.
1: Well, here uh, here's my thing about the Oklahoma City one. And you know, you're right; they were playing. They've been playing super well together since then. But and, but you know, it didn't go well in Oklahoma City. No. But that that didn't bother me because they put. I mean, it's it's kind of like how I feel the this next back to back might go. But like they put so much into coming back and winning that first. Game against OKC. And then, you know, we were down there for the press conference. We went into the locker room and we interviewed DeAndre. And then they were literally, as soon as he got done talking to us, he went and got on the plane and they flew to Oklahoma City. Yeah. So it's like,
0: well, and I mean, they didn't should... have
1: a lot of energy that night. And so you can't really fault them for not putting in the same effort. And it, it just wasn't that big of a deal to me.
0: Well, you know this and. Any, anybody else that that follows along with me on Twitter probably knows this too but I tend to be overly optimistic at times I guess some people would say but that's fair. <laughs> even even on uh, with that uh, with that thunder back to back you know playing them at home and then going straight to OKC and playing them again I, I pretty much knew that was going to be a loss that second one especially when Russell Westbrook went I think it was 4 of 22 from the field. Yeah, in, in I mean, first he's, game.
1: he hadn't been playing well this year, but you knew he wasn't going to put that those numbers up again.
0: I mean, he he we got mad rust that second time. I I pretty much figured that one was a was a loss, but uh, they bounced back well, and hopefully they'll come through with two wins this weekend. Like I like I think will happen, but we'll see. Uh, just to touch on one more thing, I don't know, uh, I don't know how much you read into it. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier today, but supposedly the asking price for Bradley Beal, this is from Rod Beard on Twitter, but it says, I've heard that the market for Bradley Beal could be something like two first-rounders, a young asset, and another player. And he said that's just the ante, just to get put to to admin assistant to put the call through. So... The way he worded that, me and you earlier today, we started thinking like, hmm, like I wonder if there's any way the Mavs could get in on this without including Dennis. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So I think it can be done. Um, it depends. I mean, obviously it's going to be a long shot because there's other teams that have better young assets. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, if if you say you put Wes in there and you put Jalen Brunson in there, you put the first two round picks or for two first round picks, sorry, you know, maybe you can convince them to kind of consider that more by taking on another one of their contracts and say, taking on Mahimi and putting in a player like Dwight Powell or whatever else you have to do to match it. And, it's it's a long shot, but I, I think it's I think it's a possibility because Jalen Brunson's proven himself to be a reliable backup point guard, um, and I don't know that you know there's going to be another young asset out there that they can get that has the same kind of intangibles right now that Brunson well, has.
0: Here here's the thing with with the Bradley Beal stuff. I judging by what they think the market for him is. I, I don't think it's impossible that the Mavs can get involved there. Uh, but, I mean, you got to just think. Of it. Like, if they say Washington wants two first-round picks, the Mavs are giving their pick to the Hawks this year. I mean, it's yes. unless they miss the playoffs and they just get extremely lucky in the lottery, that pick's going to Atlanta. So, you would have to trade, I think, it would have to be a conditional pick. It, you know, assuming Atlanta gets this year's, it would have to be a twenty twenty one pick at the earliest. And then you give another well, I mean, think about where the Mavs are probably gonna be by twenty twenty one and further. You know, those picks probably yeah. aren't gonna be very good. So I mean unless unless uh unless the Wizards are just absolutely in love with a player like Harrison Barnes or, you know, Somebody not named Dennis, because like I said, I do not want to include him in any trades. But I, I just—I uh, don't know if it can happen.
1: It's—it's it's a slim possibility, but I, without—I mean, without Dennis, it's going to be way harder. But um, not we've known it.
0: I'm not saying it can't because crazier things have happened. I'm just not sure it will. But
1: the Mavs have pulled off some trades, so
0: they have some good, uh, we'll some see. bad, but
1: <laughs> mostly bad recently, but. Yeah, we won't we'll miss the
0: well, the most recent one was great, the, the draft draft night trade, so
1: That is true.
0: Maybe we bucked a trend we, there.
1: Maybe that maybe that helped give them some new lottery juju going into next year and if they miss the playoffs they'll get the number one pick in draft zion.
0: Well, speaking of that last trade that they made on draft night, it's turned out pretty good because the the early returns for the all star voting, which is, you know, it can it can be kind of uh, deceptive, you know, because fans vote and everything. But Luka Doncic was only behind LeBron James in the Western frontcourt players list, so that's pretty insane. He is not only is he good, and do I think he's you know worthy of making the All Star game this year? But he's he's insanely popular around the league already too.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's crazy that he has more votes than Kevin Durant. I mean Kevin Durant's not exactly a likable guy, but like
0: But he's Kevin Durant.
1: <laughs> I know. You figure you figure people would just pencil him in. And obviously there's some other weird big numbers in there, like I mean I think Derek Rose has been very good this year, but for him to be have that many votes is kinda stupid. Yeah. But I mean can you really name I mean how many front court players are there? Seven?
0: I believe so. Seven or out. eight. I
1: mean, can you really name seven or eight guys in the front court who are better and more deserving than Luca right now? I don't think I can. I can't either. And he, you know, you, technically I guess you could put him in the backcourt conversation too. I mean, I can't name fifteen better players in the Western Conference right now that deserve to be an all star more than Luca. Yeah. In and the,
0: in the West, I, you know, he was he was second behind LeBron for front court players, but the the top 4 in the West went LeBron, Steph, Derrick Rose, and then Luka. So he was he was fourth overall in the West in votes with the first. Yeah.
1: Couple. And I I think the I think those numbers will kind of even themselves out a little bit. Now that's not to say I don't think Luka's going to make the All-Star team or anything like that, but like I mean, let, let's look at it. Um, I don't see Carl Anthony Towns on there. He should probably yeah. be on there. Um, Jokic should be higher. <laughs> Kuzma's on there, so that's weird. Like,
0: Liker fans are, they're, they're something, man.
1: Yeah, Lonzo's on there too. Uh, Devin Booker hasn't really played that much this year, has he? I mean well he's he's been I've, out with
0: injury and everything and I mean he's been good when he has played but I mean look at the Suns record. I mean well
1: yeah so I mean I, I think these numbers are going to even themselves out. Um but to have a, where, almost 600,000 votes on Where's DeAaron Fox? Last place guy. Yeah, he
0: should be in there too. Dude's been incredible this year.
1: Yeah, but to have almost 600,000 votes on like the last place guy in the conference. Yeah. He's I mean how is he not going to get in?
0: Well, I mean, what I think is going to happen is Luke is going to continue to get a ton of votes, and I don't think he's going to make it as a starter, but, you know, depending on who who gets the, the starting positions on the West, I, I really think he has a legitimate chance to be picked by the coaches as a reserve, and that's going to be incredible because no 19-year-old has ever made – the All-Star game before.
1: Yeah, and you know, if they, I mean, are, are they doing the same thing this year with the captains?
0: Yes. It's going to be televised okay.
1: this year. okay. So there you go. So you know who's going to pick Luca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's already said he wants to play with him.
0: Who, who would have thought when we heard those, you know, those comments, I think it was a week or so ago, but who would have thought that Luca was actually talking about playing with him in the All-Star game and not, you know, actually on his team later down the line
1: yeah I mean that's uh, I, I think that's gonna be really cool to i don't i don't think there's any way he doesn't make it, it now the, you know the more I think about it it's he's got to make it and he's gonna play with LeBron and that's gonna be fun
0: i mean he I just looking at his stats and looking not just his stats too but just like he's been incredible in the clutch too he's like I, he's second or third in clutch points this year, or uh, clutch point or clutch percentage. That is, uh, I think he's behind Oladipo and let me see here. I can't say I know he's behind Oladipo. He may be second, but anyway, no, he's, he's
1: been he's been great. I've I've heard the numbers. He's been great in clutch. I mean, but, you can't deny. It.
0: <clears throat> Another thing, just we're gonna branch off of that and go to this here, but most recent thing with is the Mavs supposedly attempting to trademark the Matador, which they're trying to push as his nickname, which I don't, I don't really have a problem with the Matador. I get it. You know, showmanship, showmanship. He, you know, he plays with the bull and then, you know, he does his thing, but um, I don't, what do you think? Do you think people are making a bigger deal out of this than what it is? The Mavs trying to trademark their own player's nickname?
1: Um I uh, Like I don't know man, it's I don't really see the point. Like I don't know that there's uh, Is there any Mavs fans that are gonna call him the Matador?
0: Well look here's the thing. I I don't mind the nickname, but I don't care about it enough to care that the Mavs are trademarking it. Or attempting yeah. attempting to trademark it because everybody's gonna call him Luca anyway. So
1: yeah, I mean, Dirk, Dirk's the one that said it best. Like,
0: like I'm not gonna be going to AAC, going to the gift shop, the fan shop, and see a T-shirt with the Matador on it and be like, oh yeah, I gotta buy that.
1: Yeah, but like Dirk's the one that said it, man. Like, he's already known by Luca. Every you say Luca, at least in the United States, and
0: everybody, everybody knows.
1: already knows pretty much who you're talking about.
0: Dude, I I, I tweeted this out um, uh, over the holiday break, but I had family members, uh, asking me about Luca. And these are family members that don't even really pay that much attention to NBA basketball. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> he's, he's already got people that don't even hardly watch, you know, asking me about it. Cause they know I cover the maps.
1: Oh yeah, man. I mean, I was down in Houston for new year's And I met some people and I told them what my job was. And they were like, Oh, you mean you get to watch that new Slovenian kid? And I was like, You don't even watch the Mavericks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes, that is what I get to do. I get to do that every single night. and It's amazing. And there's not one time when I've even thought about him in reference, you know, in conjunction with the Matador as being a thing.
0: Well, literally, literally the only time I ever even think about it is when somebody posted on Twitter. That that is the only time I ever think about it.
1: Yeah, it's almost like it's used more internally with them with their with the players and the coaching staff than it is anywhere else. You know,
0: I, I remember when people tried to force the Slim Reaper on KD and he just he wasn't having it. And you know, if you look back on that it's really dumb because nobody calls him that. It's KD. I mean, that's just Oh, how it yeah.
1: Is nickname it, nicknames have to be um you organic. know they, they have but yeah they have to be organic like you don't you don't name if you get a dog this is a kind of a dumb analogy but like if you get a dog you almost can't name it before you get it because you have to see what its personality is you have to see what it's going to be like right and it's it, it's the same with with coming up with a nickname for an nba player like you can't just call him the Matador and try and force it on people because frankly it doesn't make sense to me. Like calling in the Matador and expecting everybody to immediately go, oh, because he played in Spain, is just kind of dumb. I can like, see it.
0: I can see it now. Twenty years down the road, we'll go to BasketballReference.com, and they have you know all these player nicknames listed under the under the player overview page, and he'll have the Matador listed there. That was hardly ever used just like how on dirk's page it says the german race car
1: oh yeah and like what do we call dirk (laughs) the big german or we just call him dirk right like come on well but you know if if that's what they want to do that's what they want to do might as well get it in case it takes off i guess
0: well he's luca to me and he will continue to be luca for the foreseeable future but yeah all right well we'll close with this one uh Just looking ahead at the schedule next week, the Mavs on Monday. This is obviously after the back-to-back this weekend. But Monday, they're back home. They play the Lakers. The Lakers are 21-17. and They've lost some games with LeBron out. He's got a groin injury. I'd be willing to bet a certain amount of money that LeBron comes back for that Mavs game. It might not happen, but I I just feel like it's going to happen. I feel like that always happens. Um... Wednesday, they play Phoenix, which, you know, they're 9-30, and 30, but we know how the Mavs play against Phoenix lately. And then Friday, they play at Minnesota. They're 17-21. and 21. So, that is a very winnable three-game stretch, especially if LeBron misses uh, that Monday game. So, where are you feeling with that?
1: Okay, uh, I think they can beat the Lakers – whether or not LeBron plays, because um, they should have beaten him twice already. Um,
0: they should have, but man, it, every time LeBron is actually playing against the Mavs, I just, I just have this weird feeling like it's just.
1: I, I said can, I didn't say will.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I just, I get this feeling like, man, he still holds a grudge over two thousand eleven. He's just not going to lose to us.
1: Yeah, and we don't. I mean. If they put if they keep putting Wes on them, it's going to end very poorly.
0: See, that's what but, I'm saying. Like, they, they can't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did that. And then I got yelled at on Twitter when I said um, that they were going to do that by people saying they weren't because they couldn't possibly be that dumb. And they did it anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that they can beat Phoenix until they... At least lose to Phoenix by less than double digits. No
0: that that's what that's what the craziest thing is. I look at that schedule next week, and to me that's the hardest one out of all three.
1: I know, and it's so stupid. I mean, they don't have a Riza anymore, which we were we were one of the last teams that played them with Riza, and he played really well in that game. And Jamal Crawford killed us, and he's been playing like crap ever since. But like. I don't know, man. There's just something about them. Maybe it was flying to Phoenix, and maybe there's something weird about Phoenix for this team and that playing them in Dallas would be better. But that's the worst team in the NBA, and they've beaten them by double di- gotten beat by them by double digits twice. That is so bad. <laughs> I get all As far as Minnesota goes, I mean – I have no idea what to expect out of the game that game cuz Dallas hasn't seen him since they traded Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, Jimmy didn't play in that game they they played him uh, earlier this year, but you know, they didn't have the same pieces and and all that. So, you know, that's right. that's kind of a toss-up for me.
0: Well, the if you look at it, if you look at the, you know, the games this weekend and if they're able to pull off a 2-0, you know, or three and road trip because they just beat Charlotte. If they can win those two this weekend, and then if they can, let's just, just for fun, let's say that they win all their games next week. Because if you look at it, when they started the season out so rough, it was they were like two and seven. They blew out the Washington Wizards, and then that started a stretch where they won nine of their next eleven games. Yeah. So let's just say they go on another streak. Let's say they win these two this weekend. They beat Boston without Kyrie. Uh, they beat the Lakers with or without LeBron. They beat Phoenix. Beat Minnesota. Then you are looking at them being right there in that seventh, seventh or eighth spot in the West again. So, I mean, it, the West is crazy this year. It, it's up and down, but you know they're still right there. They're one more, you know. Pretty decent size winning streak away from being right there.
1: No, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I, they could, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it. They they could use the Charlotte game as kind of the springboard, like they used the the Washington game, and that would be great. Um, I, <clears throat> if they even if they just take one of two this weekend, I think that's still huge. Um, I think they have to get at least one of those, and then that. Schedule next week's it on paper is totally winnable, even though they haven't won a game against LA or Phoenix this year, which is should be punishable by death. But I mean, I don't know, man, we'll see. I, I, I think that maybe they they finally figured something out with that rotation they put out against Charlotte. So
0: I, I think they have too. I'm ready to ready to see it in action tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's it'll be interesting to see it against a team that has uh has more depth, because um, Charlotte is pretty much a one man show. So it'll it'll be a different test, but I think it'll be a good test.
0: All right, man. Well, I think that does it for our our first ever episode of the Step Back. So we
1: yeah we got one um, under our belt. Yeah, I feel good about it too, man. That was fun. Uh, I just want to ask people to please uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts. And uh, tell your friends and family and anybody else who's interested in um, in Mavs basketball. You know, We're, we're going to try and do our best for you all uh, as often as we can. So we appreciate all the listeners we can possibly get.
0: Very, very well said. And also I want to add, if you have any questions for either one of us, you know, our DMs are open on twitter again it's at step back mavs you can send questions yeah,
1: not not my personal dms i don't want you creep sliding into my personal but <laughs> <laughs> but at, at step back mavs uh at step back mavs please send us questions we'd love to do some Q and A shows that would be a lot of fun yeah that
0: well, sounds good well matt we're gonna have a good weekend hopefully and uh We'll get back at it next week, see how they do on this upcoming stretch. Sounds good to me, man. Appreciate y'all for listening.